On this episode of Bright Future, I discuss the incident and disaster that happened with the Ocean Gates private submersible, Titan, as well as how a lack of caution during extreme tourism could have disastrous consequences. This is a weekly political podcast that follows current events. If you like the show, please leave a like, review, and subscribe, as well as share with your friends, though maybe not with the whole family gathering at once. I'm your host, Samuel Adams, but please call me Sam, and without further ado, let's begin this week's episode, which I have titled, Remember, You Are Mortal. June 18th, 2023. Titan, a submersible operated by the private corporation OceanGate, begins an expedition down towards the Titanic. On board are three wealthy tourists. Uh, is... crap, I lost my spot. On board are three wealthy tourists, a former French Navy commander and pilot, and the chief executive of OceanGate as a guide. Every 15 minutes a safety ping is emitted as it begins a two-hour descent towards the Titanic. The expedition began at 9.30 a.m. The hatch is bolted, the descent begins, and the 15-minute safety pings start coming in steady and easy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven... But the eighth ping, expected at 11.30 a.m., never arrives. But the Ocean Gate surface crew doesn't panic or worry or anything, really. They just sit and wait for the Titan to surface as its scheduled time, five hours later at 4.30 p.m. When it doesn't, the surface crew quickly continues to do nothing for another two and a half hours. Finally, at 7.10 p.m., the surface crew notified the United States Coast Guard, and as soon as the United States Coast Guard was notified, a search and rescue operation was scrambled. The Titan is equipped with 96 hours of breathable air for its five passengers. That gives the search and rescue team four days to find and rescue them. Well, three and a half, because the surface crew just waited around for that long. On the morning of June 18th, the first wave of the search party arrives. Two Royal Canadian Air Force planes, a Canadian Coast Guard ship, a U.S. Navy plane, a United States Coast Guard plane, and an Air National Guard aircraft. However, the remote location, darkness, poor sea conditions, and low water temperature makes the search difficult. No sign of the Titan is discovered. On June 20th, the undersea pipeline ship Deep Energy, operated by Technic, FM Technic FMC, arrived. Equipped with remote-operated submarines and other equipment, the searching the seabed became significantly easier. The United States Coast Guard also deployed three more aircraft to search the area, and by 10.45 a.m., they had together searched over 10,000 square miles of the ocean's surface. On June 21st, two more commercial vessels, a United States Coast Guard aircraft and the Canadian Coast Guard ship John Cabot, arrives on the scene. This gives the search party additional sonar capabilities. United States Navy finishes shipping their Flyaway Deep Ocean Salvage System, or FADOS, to St. John's, the nearest town 400 miles away, but no ship is large enough, but no ship large enough is available to carry the FADOS to the search site, and it would have taken too long to weld it to the deck of the suitable vessel anyway. The timer keeps ticking. June 22nd, 9.30 a.m. passes which also ends the 96-hour clock. The Canadian ship Horizon Arctic arrives and deploys an Odysseus 6K remote submarine. Just a few hours later, at 1.18pm, the United States Coast Guard reported that the Ocean Arctic, 
using its Odysseus 6K remote submarine, had located, debris, had located a debris field containing parts of the Titan. The debris gave the indication that the Titan had imploded due to the water pressure, and there were two main debris sections, the forward and rear halves of the vessel. The Titan was designed in that way, two halves. The entire pressure vessel, the part of the submarine that was designed to withstand the crushing depths of the ocean, was designed to be in two separate hemispheres. The vessel had made two previous dives to the Titanic in 2021 and 2022, and in its second dive, one of the Titan's thrusters was accidentally installed backwards, which resulted in the sub just spinning instead of moving in the desired direction. This is corrected by adjusting the controls. They took the Logitech F710 game controller and turned it sideways. Yes, really, the Titan submarine used a modified $30 game controller from 2008 in order to control it. Which isn't actually unusual. Game controllers have been designed to precisely input, to precisely input information into a computer, even if it takes a beating. Because with some games, it's really easy to get mad and hit the controller around. As a result, even professional or military drones and equipment are known to utilize game controllers. When you make a submarine, you're going to want to know exactly how deep it can go. And there are four types of depth measurements for a submarine. The test depth, the operating depth, the design depth, and the crush depth. The test depth is the absolute maximum depth that the submarine is permitted to operate under nor normal circumstances. This depth is usually set at around two-thirds of the design depth, which I'll get to in just a moment. The operating depth is the maximum depth at which the submarine is allowed to operate under any circumstances, and is usually a little further than a sub's test depth. The design depth is measured based on how the submarine's specifications are designed. The designers can calculate the thickness of the hull, how much water the submarine displaces, and other related factors to come to a conclusion of exactly how much the hull is likely to be able to withstand. And lastly, the crush depth is the depth at which the submarine will actually implode due to water pressure. In theory, the crush depth should match the design depth for any given submarine, but in practice, it can usually be a little bit deeper because of an excess of safety margins throughout the production of the submarine. But Stockton Rush, co-founder of CEO of OceanGate, is known to throw safety to the wind. There's a limit. You know, at some point, safety just is pure waste. I mean, if you just want to be safe, don't get out of bed. Don't get in your car. Don't do anything. At some point, you're going to take some risk. And it really is a risk-reward question. I said, I think I can do this just as safely by breaking the rules. Stockton is right. If I wanted to avoid risk completely, I never would have stepped foot out of my parents' house. I would have just stayed in bed, in my room, doing nothing, and pretending I don't exist. But obviously, we do need to take some risks, as long as they are calculated. When I get in my car, I ensure that my tires are properly pressurized. I make sure that there's enough gas in the tank to get me to my destination. I ensure that there are crumple zones to absorb any potential impact. And of course, I put on my damn seatbelt. All of these actions could be absolutely considered a waste, right up until I end up in an accident. Unfortunately, Stockton, your lack of safety preparation has not only widowed your wife and left your two children without a father, it also took four other people with you. 
The Titan's design and theoretical crush depth was established during tests on a one-third scale model of the Titan. This model was able to sustain a pressure of 4,285 pounds per square inch or PSI before crumpling. That translates to the full-scale thing, the full-scale Titan, being able to survive to a depth of about 3,000 meters down. The Titanic is sitting on the ocean floor at a depth of 3,800 meters. 800 meters past the design and theoretical crush depth. Now, maybe if Stockton had used an excess of safety during the Titan's construction, it might have been able to survive that deep. Even so, the Titan never should have been set on an expedition to any location deeper than its test depth, which should have been set at 2,000 meters, two-thirds of its design depth. Instead, it was sent towards a depth nearly double that, with what should have been a predictable result. You may have heard the phrase, crushed like a tin can. I think that phrase is unfair to tin cans. If you have one, there's a little experiment you can run with it. Make sure that there isn't any damage or imperfections on it, that the can is a perfect cylinder. Set it on the ground and then step up on top of it. Chances are the can is going to be able to take your whole weight because cylinders are a very strong design, which is why every near which is why nearly every submarine you've ever heard of is some variation of a cylinder, and usually just made in one piece. Because if you're standing on that tin can, and a tiny imperfection appears in its cylinder shape, like if you poke it in slightly or it barely warps, the entire thing gets crushed within a few hundredths of a second. Upon reaching a depth of around 3,600 meters, near the end of the two-hour descent, the implosion happened likely near instantly. Once an imperfection appeared, the entire thing would have taken a few hundredths of a second to collapse. It was over far before the search and rescue teams were even contacted. The United States Navy detected an acoustic signature consistent with an implosion in the hours after the Titan submerged. This was only discovered after the Titan was reported missing, which caused the Navy to review the recording and send it to the Coast Guard. However, they decided that the search would continue because a simple sound was not definitive. Because the Titan operated in international waters, it was not required to follow any form of legal safety regulations. But those safety regulations exist for a reason. It's entirely reasonable to question the regulations and the reason behind them, but it isn't reasonable to outright ignore them. Question the rules and update them if needed, but don't break them. If OceanGate did this, maybe they would have a brighter future. points I, I got about 12 points you got wrong objectively okay all Go right ahead. do you want them in order of oh wait i went back first off like you definitely should have made that comment about his wife and kids that's just in such bad taste it's not appropriate like he's dead like come on man second it's off serious? it was not yeah, a submarine okay. that was not a submarine it's a submersible there's a big difference Second of all, both thrusters were backwards in that instance. They had to turn the controller upside down. Third of all, it's in three parts. The sub wasn't two parts. The middle section was carbon fiber reinforced, which leads me to my fourth point. 
it didn't happen instantly. They found the weights of the sub further away from the actual sub debris, which means they were trying to drop weights to surface, which means they probably knew it was going to happen. Uh, let's see what else I got. Uh, basically, safety rules are usually written in blood, and there's no regulation for this bullshit because most people don't do it. I do agree. With, I do agree that this is some jack shit bullshit. But like, no shit, they died, right? Like, I agree with that. Okay, so my question is, where did you get all of that information? Because I was what going through the Wikipedia page. The Wikipedia page specifically defines the fact that crush depth and design depth are the exact same thing. They are not. De First statement on the Wikipedia page. Sometimes referred to as the collapse depth in the United States, this is the submergible depth in which a submarine implodes due to water pressure. Technically speaking, the crush depth is the exact same thing as the design depth. Technically speaking, and also uh, this sub was never actually depth. tested for its maximum depth. By the way, technically speaking, the crush depth should be the same as the design depth, but in practice, this thing was never meant to go that deep. Is usually somewhat deeper due to a compounding of safety margins throughout. But the this isn't a submarine. Team. This is a submersible. Okay, I'm going to be completely honest. What the hell's the difference? A submarine can operate by itself. A submersible needs a mothership. Like, this was barely a tin... Like, yeah, you were kind of apt with the tin can metaphor. This was a tin can they sunk to the bottom of the ocean, basically. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the weights were found further than the sub, which means it had to have... Like, they had to have dropped weights before they exploded. Uh... Let's see. They never tested the actual maximum depth of this. I know that for a fact, too. Uh, they did Someone didn't. in 2018. Not, yeah. of, not of the actual Titan, but of a one-third scale model. That's not how that works. Also, this thing was three pieces. You're thinking this is way safer than it actually is. It's like, imagine two parts of a sphere, right? And in the middle, you have part of a cylinder, right? That's how this was designed. Titan submersible. The pressure hole is what you're looking it, for. It was Where three was pieces. I know that for a fact. It was two pieces glued together on a carbon fiber ring in the middle. No, Which is was... why they probably knew it was collapsing before they knew, because carbon fiber fails very differently than most materials. Hold on. Quote from Wikipedia right here. The entire pressure vessel consisted of two titanium hemispheres, two matching titanium interface rings, connected by a 142 centimeter internal diameter 2.4 meter long carbon fiber wound cylinder. That's what I'm talking. Like, what I just told. What I just hemisphere. told. Look, I, I want you to understand this. What I just told you and what you just read were the same thing twice. It's not two things held together by two each other. It's hemisphere. two things held together by a carbon fiber ring. Now, the, like the here, I can show you pictures. Right here says the entire pressure vessel consisted of two. Of it. I can show you pictures of it, dude, and show you where they. Okay, and? There was an and in there. Like, you can see the carbon fiber ring Connected on the picture of it. Connected by internal diameter carbon fiber wound cell. That means it was two pieces that weren't connected internal. to each other, right? It was connected internally by a carbon fiber ring. That photo you just sent me is of the Cyclops, and that, uh, not of the Titan. Dude I, dude, I googled Titanic sub, and the title of this image was All Passengers Aboard Titanic Sub Believed to Be Dead. <laughs> Yeah, but that picture isn't of Wait, the Wait, the fuck? I can only find... One. Yeah, I can only find pictures of the Cyclops, then. Yeah. What, what's it called? The Cyclops that... is... That's the Cyclops. D what? 
Th that looks less. Sa Wait, no. That yeah, that looks less. No, no, that's not the sub that those people died on. That's not true at all. I know exactly how big the window on that sub was. I saw a video of it. It's way smaller than that. It's like literally the size of like an airplane window. That's not the sub they died on for sure. No, it's not. They, I, as far as I can tell, I haven't been able to see a single picture of it yet. Titanic sub people died on. They has to be a picture of this bullshit. Uh, oh god, there's a picture of the wreckage. Yeah, there is. I didn't want to. I'm done. I'm not done. I'm sorry. I hate to be that kind of person, but I'm done researching this. I didn't want to see that. That's way worse than I thought it would be. My god. In the photo of the wreckage, you can see the controller. It's still no, there. there's no way that that still exists. Or at least that that, I saw. I think I saw a photo of it. The it amount of PSI they'd be subjected to at that amount of feet would crush that controller instantly. I mean, like, it, it is, it's dumb the way they did it, but, like, at the same time, it's really hard to be like, you guys are stupid when the motherfucker who made it went down with it. No, no, you're right. That was, the first picture you sent me was of the Titan. Never mind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, look, you see that part next to the Ocean Gate thing? Yeah. That's the ring. Like, it's not two pieces glued together. It's three pieces glued together. Two tight, the pressure holes, two titanium hemispheres. What's the sentence after that? With the interface rings? The interface ring means they're connected to that ring. They're not connected to each other. Okay, but the wreckage is in two sections, meaning the thing Yes, the point of half. failure was at the interface ring. Yeah. Which means they knew they were going to die. Because carbon fiber doesn't fail like most materials. When a submarine implodes, though, it's instant. Not carbon fiber. Carbon fiber doesn't break instantly. It starts cracking. That's why they probably found the weight so far away from the implosion wreckage, because they were probably trying to drop weight to resurface. No, the best metaphor I found for it was that tin can. Uh... The problem is, like, carbon fiber doesn't work like most metal materials, where it starts, like, slowly imploding. Carbon fiber starts cracking, then just explodes. But, like, it cracks loud enough. That, like, it's most likely they knew they were going to die. Which makes this kind of more tragic. Like, carbon fiber fails really spectacularly and makes a lot of noise while it's doing it, in my experience. Well, have you seen how quickly, like, a submarine would actually break apart? Yeah, yeah. You know I, that it would be instant, I, no, or near instant, a couple hundred of a second. That's the problem with the difference between carbon fiber and everything else. Like, carbon fiber doesn't fail the same way other things do. It would have made enough noise that they would have realized it was happening way before it was happening. Seth. Yep. Are so. you an engineer? No. To be clear, most of my experience Wait. about submersibles is the, um, is the submarine simulator Cold Waters. I'm an audio is... engineer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I also know a lot of Navy people I talk to about this. Pretty much all I've driven my opinion from. I'm too okay. stupid to know anything about this that's viable. With my minimal experience, fiberglass and carbon fiber break in a similar fashion. They start to splinter before they shatter. You're talking about outside of water, though. This is underwater. No, 3, PSI no, is basically it would do the, the same kind of thing. thing. 
Like, they don't act... Like, it'd be different if you were, like, maybe in space, where, like, it's a different outward preferential. Like, it, when it's an outward is, preferential of, like, zero. The point is, they are a crystalline fiber material. They're comprised of crystalline compounds that are flexible. But once they're pushed past their flexing point, they crackle. They make a lot of noise. They would be detectable. There wouldn't be time for that. Sam, how are two people telling no, you the No, there wouldn't be much thing? enough time for them to hear the crackling and resurface. If anything, they needed to lose some weight, become That's... neutral, buoyant. They found and the weight slowly than the rise up. Like much further. Otherwise, they're going to blow themselves up like an eardrum. Every time I try to Google something specific about how submarines have imploded in the past, it's just about It's not the a submarine, up. dog. Yeah. They function the same way. They don't, though. They a submarine do. not a are completely different vehicles. A submarine can literally exist underwater as long as it wants to. A okay, when it comes to imploding, they function the same way. Not 100%. You're looking Nim at something more comprised of crystalline and polymer versus something designed for warfare made 90%, if not more. Out that of depth, steel. it doesn't matter. I think it matters that one of them has a nuclear reactor powering it and the other one has hopes and dreams powering it. That too. I mean, for somebody as rich as they were, they should have been able to afford something better than that. I mean, they could have just borrowed what James Cameron used to get to the bottom of the ocean. That shit didn't fuck him up. Alright, I finally found something, but it doesn't exactly say how other submarines do it. Because this it's very here. rare that we've lost submarines at the bottom of the ocean and then got data from them. Um, I think the closest way I can explain it is there was this underwater, like, pressure event, Delta, Delta P event for underwater welders where, like, it happened and, like, yeah, it's extremely violent and dangerous, but, like, the problem is, like, they found the weights so much further than they found the debris, so it stands to reason they tried to drop the weights to, like, surface. Okay, so I guess the best comparison is, have you seen that Mythbuster episode about them trying to crush a train car? No. An oil car. No, I have not. You have not, okay. Oil car implosion. Yeah, basically. I'm gonna I'm gonna stream it to the Discord so you can see what it's like. But it is no warning, just instantly gone. The whole thing. Yeah, but an oil car is made of all metal while that sub was made of metal metal stripped to titanium. It wouldn't have made a difference. No, it, it makes a difference. To, okay, according to this, we're saying ZME science. It makes which a I difference between carbon fiber and metal because metal fails instantly while carbon fiber first starts making a cracking noise before it instantly implodes. They would have known it was happening before it happened. All right, as I was trying to say, according to ZME science, in other words, according to the United States Coast Guard and their statement that they put out, the Titan submersible operated by OceanGate that carried five people on board instantaneously imploded as the sub couldn't handle the immense pressure on its hull. All passengers were killed instantly. 
there would have been little to no warning. I mean, you can look at the German accounts of U-boats that were sunk and people who died. Which were also almost instant? No. If they went past their crush depth, that would have been instant. U-boats could go pretty deep. A few hundred feet. The ocean isn't thousands of feet deep most places. Not in most places. This is what we're talking about 3,000 meters down. Yeah, but like, it stands to reason if the weights were found so differently from the wreckage that there's a good chance they dropped the weights before it happened. According to who? Where According is to physics? That's not how that would work. Okay, so an implosion is the exact same thing as an explosion, basically, right? No. When it comes to energy and, like, mass and pushing things certain ways, it, for all intents and purposes, is the exact same thing violently. No, it's not. Well, an opposite reaction. It's, it's, it's almost basically an explosion. That's the point, Seth. It's an equal and opposite reaction. For the weights all wouldn't actions, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Implosion caused shit to go explosion. The PSI at 3,000 feet is insane. Okay, according to the United States Coast Guard, the debris field was concentrated in two areas with the aft end bell lying separate from the front end bell and tail cone. Yeah, it the broke at the carbon fiber ring. Rear Admiral John Malger of the United States Coast Guard said that the debris was consistent with a catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber. Malger stated that he did not have an answer as to whether the bodies of those on board would be recovered, but he did say that it was an incredibly unforgiving environment. A well, catastrophic right loss the answer of the that pressure no. chamber <laughs> means that it instantly imploded. It instantly is kind of the wrong word. It's instant at the point of failure, but the point of failure isn't instant. The point of failure is instant when you're that deep. Not when it's, like, carbon fiber. That's the problem. Carbon fiber fails differently than other materials. Even if it's carbon fiber, no matter what it is, if it's that deep, and it's supposed to be a perfect cylinder, and part of it gets broken at all, the entire thing will crumple in a few hundredths of a second. Then what? Okay, so, like, I want you, like, I'm trying to just, like, explain to you that, like, carbon fiber doesn't fail like other materials. And okay, like, if you can, it came upon, on, the point of failure stop. was the carbon fiber rod. If you can find me a source that says that the carbon fiber would behave differently at that depth anywhere, I will look at it. But I have not seen anything anywhere that supports your claim. Everywhere I've seen has said that the Titanic had a catastrophic implosion which happened instantly, or near instantly. there would have been little to no warning because they passed their crush depth and it never should have gone that deep it never should have passed a test depth of about 2,000 meters they didn't have a test depth also that sub, test depth. The, that sub wasn't tested for any sort of depth like no that's one of the things okay. mentioned that, that's, it's not a submarine though that's not actually how test depth is defined 
They didn't have any data to conclude that, though. You can read the 2008 lawsuit filed by one of the people fired from the company. Okay, so I've linked in the description the Wikipedia page to the 2023 Titan Submersible incident. Where it claims that there was a one-third scale model of the Titan made. That's not how you actually test the depth of a submarine, though. A third scale Hold model. On, just let him finish. I found something. Go the one-third scale model survived a pressure of about 4,285 4, pounds per square inch, which corresponded to a depth of about 3,000 meters for the actual Titan. So that's its design depth. Then its test depth, the depth that the Titan should never surpass, according to all United States regulations, for a submersible or submarine of that design, with a design depth of 3,000 meters, should be at two-thirds of that. So the Titan should have gone below 2,000 meters. And it's Can I try to nearly you why the one-third model is a really, like, it is kind of like a 100% imperfect model, and that's not something you should base anything off of? Okay. PSI is pounds per square inch by the area. Yeah. The area of a one-third thing is different than the actual model, even if you try to make a really good model. That's not how we test depths of things. Okay, so like, you, it just seems like they were literally just praying that it would work. Talking to Jack now, you posted a link just now to a New York Post article, New York Post. which where the director of the movie Titanic, James Cameron, blamed the carbon fiber hole. It claimed that the lives of all five passengers were lost because of that carbon fiber hole. And it goes they're on great for to internal pressure vessels, almost... but they're terrible for external pressure. Plot idea, I think, was yep. a critical idea. The carbon fiber damage accumulates with each dive. Okay, but where does it say about like how long it took? So, because I know I saw somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where, so don't take this as law. But I saw somewhere that James Cameron said that it likely took longer, that it likely would have taken longer. But that's James Cameron. He's a movie director. He's an extremely large expert on deep sea submersibles and going to the bottom of the ocean. He's one of the few people who's been to the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Like, and James Cameron's an actual submersible expert. Okay, so if I'm going to listen to two people, would I listen to James Cameron or would I listen to the United States Navy Rear Admiral? James Cameron knows more about going to the bottom of the ocean than the United States Rear Admiral. I'm like, that's still not even arguable. To the rear admiral. But, like, he's literally an expert in the field of submersibles and the Titanic. The Admiral's just an Admiral. Now, I'm trying to find where I saw that James Cameron said that because I might just be wrong. No, I saw his whole interview. He really is an expert in the field. Like, if anyone would know would go wrong, it really would be him. He's the only person who really did this shit, like, right. Like, I, I don't know if it was the bottom of the Mariana Trench, but I, he free fell through the ocean for two and a half hours in his sub to get to the bottom, submersible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I'm not finding where James Cameron said it would have taken longer. Or that there would have been warning. 
I mean, like, versus a Navy real admiral, yeah, like, James Cameron actually is the expert in the room. Like, shockingly, he took all that directing money and used it to explore the bottom of the ocean. All right, I did find the University of Washington Applied Physics Lab paper on the whole design and testing for the Titan. I, I know for a fact whoever signed off on that shit is guilty. Like, that, that was not a safe vehicle. The initial test was deemed a success at 4,000 PSI, the equivalent of 2,800 meters. And the zeros are now back at the manufacturer. That seems sketchy. According to Stockton Rush, we were planning to have Cyclops 2 go to 3,000 meters, and we found out that through our engineering that we can't affect continue at least 4,000 meters and maybe more. Cyclops 3 is planned to be 6,000 meters. The pressure at 6,000 meters, about 8,762 pounds per square inch. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. Like, PSI is calculated by the area of the thing at that depth. The goal of this test, the pressure of 6,000 pounds per square inch, the pressure was raised gradually. At the 71 minute mark, the pressure increased to 4,000 pounds per square inch at 72 minutes. The pressure was turned up to 5,000 PSI, but three minutes later, at a pressure of 4,285 PSI, representing a depth of about 3,000 meters, the test was aborted by apparent water intrusion into one of the carbon fiber domes. What do you mean, one of the carbon fiber domes? That's not what the actual sub is designed like at all. That's exactly what this paper from the Applied Physics Laboratory... Yeah, but that's not what you said how it was designed earlier. You said it was two titanium pieces glued together by a carbon fiber connector. Yeah, that's what it says on Wikipedia. And then I went into... This is... Okay, so this was their model that they were testing, not necessarily... So the model wasn't even close to equivalent to what the actual thing was? Hmm? Their model doesn't seem to be equivalent to what the actual sub was at all. From this paper, the pressure vessel is in three parts, a cylinder and two hemispheres. One of the unique elements of this test will be the hemisphere. The hemispheres are also carbon fiber, which has never been done to this size and depth. So but that's this, not how you describe the actual vessel. Like, this is the major problem here. one-third scale model, the hemispheres were carbon The major fiber. problem here isn't for, that. The problem is that the model doesn't work because it's not a one-third scale model of the actual sub that was used. No, it wasn't. But it was what their tests were for. But that's, the, their test wasn't what happened actually. Like, this, just seems, this just seems very like... It seems like the testing has no beneficiary effect on knowing anything about real life because the real life sub had nothing to do with the testing model. You still have a design depth. But they're not the same vehicle at all. No, but they are similar. I, in the most transcendental way that they're made by the same company, I suppose, but one of them is designed with two carbon fiber domes and metal, and the other one was designed with two metal parts and a carbon fiber connector rod. Yeah. Third cylinder. Yeah, this is... I hope they get sued for negligence. That's about all I can say at this point. Yeah. 
That's negligent as fuck. If the test model wasn't even close to what the actual sub was. All right. Last thing for this episode then uh, would be the title, which I chose the title "Remember You Are Immortal" or the original Latin "Memento Mori." In accounts of ancient Roman triumph, the victorious general would be paraded through a city. But the entire time, one of their slaves would stand behind them, whispering in their ear, Remember, you are mortal. To prevent them from getting an inflated sense of ego. Just because you succeeded today, does not mean that you can or will fail tomorrow. If you would like to share your own perspectives on other topics in the future, please join our Discord server, where I record these episodes live every Sunday at 7pm Central Time. Check the description for more information, including the resources I used to build this episode, and all of the places where you can find my podcast. If you would like to support the show, please follow and subscribe, leave a like and review, as well as share with your friends. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bright Future. These episodes are released every Monday at 3pm Central, so I'll see you back here next week. But before you go, I think former President Barack Obama should have the last words on this episode. There is, there is a, a potential tragedy unfolding with a submarine that is getting, you know, minute-to-minute coverage all around the world. And it's understandable because obviously we all want and pray that those folks are rescued. But the fact that that's gotten so much more attention than 700 people who <laughs> sank is that's a that's an untenable situation uh and and you know the the notion that we can't do something about that is simply not true because and, and we know we can do something about it there there are countries that have found a balance in which everybody feels as if they have enough. You know, I, I was a few weeks ago in Amsterdam, and there are rich people in Amsterdam. There are fancy restaurants in Amsterdam. There are people, you know, who, who, who are very successful economically in Amsterdam. But you know what? The average person there, they have enough. And they feel, uh, they feel as if they count and they matter and they're not left behind. And as a consequence, there's greater social trust. And uh, those societies where you see wider and wider uh, gaps in income and wealth, that's where social trust starts breaking down. So, um, you know, some of this has to do with, with values and sympathy and conversation, but some of it also has to do with what are we willing to do to make sure that everybody has uh, has has fair opportunity, and, and how do we rearrange our both our national policies, but also our international policies uh, to give people the chance uh, to to live a better life? Do you feel you have enough? Because seven hundred people didn't, and they certainly aren't getting enough attention. Look it up.